0: Sing for all that you've
1: done for me. Amen. You may be seated. If you happened to look up front and notice that our worship team has gotten significantly younger, uh, that's on purpose. Uh, we welcome the glow-in-the-dark ministry from Christian Alliance International School and from AIC Youth and from AIC itself. Many of you know we've been partnering with GID for a a lot of years. Uh, uh, Back in my younger youth uh, leader days, I used to go on trips with them, and now Doug and many of you have joined on trips with them, and so we're thankful to have you guys welcome. Would you welcome them warmly this morning as they take over our service in just a little bit? But I want to give you two other parts of that puzzle that, that I want you to keep in mind when we talk about missions. One, missions is so many more things. We often think we'll grow up and we'll go on a mission trip, but look at the collective ages you see up here, and God is using them today, not tomorrow. Uh, So when you look at children and when you look at youth, please don't just say they're the church of tomorrow. They are very much the church of today, and we believe in them, we pray for them, and we will do all we can to make them disciple-makers today. That is so important to how we do church. I know that's a weird thing to say, but it's who we are. It's a the root of it. Second, God uses GID to transform lives. And you have an opportunity to help if you would so desire uh, in just a week or so. Uh, A group from one of the churches that we support uh, when GID goes in country. If you wonder what country they go to, they'll tell you later. But in case this is being recorded, I'm not going to say that out loud. Uh, for their safety. But there's a group of youth and a pastor from this country that want to come down here uh, next weekend over the May Day holiday uh, and would love to worship with us as well as get some time allowing us to invest in them. We're going to chat with the Mandarin Ministry, see if we can schedule a visit with them. If you would like to support, you know hotels in Hong Kong are not cheap. You know Hong Kong is not cheap. If you would like to support them coming down, there's about five of them total. Uh, You can just mark GID special on your offering envelope, and you could support them coming uh, in the following week. And we can tell you more about that through King later on. But God continues to be at work in all sorts of ways, and it's a privilege of mine uh, to welcome up a a man named Nathan Greenfield. But before he comes, I want to tell you a little backstory. Uh, Twelve years ago, I got an email from Pastor Ed Mangum about uh, a role here at AIC. A couple years after that, Nathan got an email from the CMA regarding Ed Mangum Jr. in Amman, Jordan. Uh, And they have been serving ever since. They accepted the call to go serve there as basically business manager. And now he and his wife, Rachel, who worked in the admissions office after I left at Toccoa Falls College, uh, now they're doing so much more. So, Nathan, would you come on up and uh, we'll get to know you a little bit. Please welcome Nathan very warmly. He doesn't have to stand on the step because he's twice my height. So, oh, I forgot to turn you on. There you go. Perfect. Great. Nathan, so could you just tell us a little bit about uh, what you've been up to, what God is doing, and how we can be praying?
2: First of all, I just have to say Hong Kong is amazing, and it's absolutely gorgeous, so uh, you have a beautiful city. Um, and I was also encouraged uh, driving in yesterday, and I saw Nathan Road. I'm like, hey, I already feel at home. They're so nice, you know? Um, we try and, to do that for uh, I know. I feel so welcome. And then there's a Starbucks at Nathan Hotel, and I'm like, wow, they really know me. <laughs> um, and I saw that Jesus is Lord, and I'm like, okay, now I'm at home. Um, so um, I got... Uh, to Jordan nine years ago with my wife, Rachel. We had two kids there, and then we adopted two um, after that. And um, yeah, I uh, two years ago, we launched Alliance Academy Jordan right there in Amman, Jordan. Um, it was the heart and the vision of a local Alliance pastor, a Jordanian. And so two years ago, 2014, we launched Alliance Academy Jordan with about uh... fifty students and today we have about hundred and fifty students um, yeah so i'm the director there and my wife really helps out with uh... more of the special needs components
1: excellent so tell us a little bit about why alliance academy is doing something or how alliance academy is doing something that's really not been done anywhere in amman up to this point or jordan as, as a whole
2: yeah, one of the things that God really has given us, and this is where God is at work, is he's given us this really special and unique vision, I think, for Jordan. Um, really, he's given us this vision um, uh, where to inspire the whole country where uh, all students feel valued and they actually learn together. Um, in Jordan, only uh, 3% of all kids with special needs actually have access to education, and we really want to give all kids access uh, to education. And it's just a tremendous um, uh, ministry opportunity as well, because really the gospel, you look at what Jesus says, and he, first of all, he says, let all the children come to me, which says God loves all children. And then he says, if you do unto the least of these, you do unto me. And really, we, we've just really seen the heart of God just kind of like be unleashed in Amman, and his provision, um, the, the team of people that he's rallying uh, for this uh, vision has just been unbelievable. He's uh, There's been many uh, Jordanian Christians that have sensed the call and have given up great jobs um, with higher pay. And they felt called to come and work at our school because they want to be a part of what God's doing at Alliance Academy Jordan.
1: Amen. If you're in Mark Glidden's uh, discipleship class in the morning, then those people would be considered not fans. They would actually be involved. Uh, which is great, and we'll talk more about that in the weeks to come. So, Nathan, as we finish up, how can we be praying for you and for Rachel, uh, for the mm. field in Amman? Lots of changes there. So, how can we be in prayer?
2: Uh, three things came to my mind. Um, the first one is unity. the The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's. Uh, we really have a great team, but I'm constantly dealing with you know issues and uh, dynamics, and 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 really um, just that. God's protection of our minds, of our souls, would really would really be there. Jordan's about 95% mu- Muslim, uh, so our area where our school is is very Islamic. We have a mosque right there. People don't really understand, so there is this spiritual darkness and heaviness, so unity. The second thing is we're in the process of trying to acquire more land so that God would just put it on the hearts of the landowners to really have uh, um, a vision for what we're doing and that... However, God wants to, and we've seen Him provide the provide the resources for us to get that land. And the the last thing um, that comes to mind, and I'm sorry if I'm taking all your all right. time, um, is that I just uh, heard recently um, God um, doesn't He's not in the business of making bad people good. And I see that a lot of schools that's kind of their lingo that we want to make good citizens and good global citizens, good uh, neighbors. But really what God's in in the business of doing is making dead people alive. And that's the last prayer, is that we won't just have people coming in and out of our school and feeling good about themselves and good about their world, but that they would come in and that from the staff all the way down to the kids to the parents, that that life transformation would be happening in the lives of each one.
1: Okay, we're going to pray for Nathan, for Rachel, for the Alliance Academy and the whole team there. but. Please take notes or talk to Nathan after the service. He'd love to chat with you more, but we want to keep praying for these guys. It's been a while since we've had somebody here from Jordan. Uh, Eddie was, the last time he was here, we were still meeting upstairs, so that's at least probably eight years ago. So let's lift this entire ministry up to the Lord. Look, God, thank you that you are at work. Thank you for Nathan and Rachel and their four beautiful kids and and how you've allowed them to not just serve but thrive in, in such a difficult setting. Uh, but Lord, as Alliance Academy presses forward, there can be attacks from all sides. We, we see that here. Uh, we see that in, in our school. And Lord, we pray that there would be great unity, that there would be unified purpose and vision, uh, as we've often prayed here, that there would be unity uh, of just how to get there uh, and that there would also be um, meekness among the team, that they would use the strength you've given them under control to bring glory to your great name. Lord, we also pray for your favor to provide land. We know it's all yours anyway, uh, and so we commit that to you, that you would allow them to expand and that you would provide all the resources necessary for that to happen according to your perfect timing and your perfect plan. And Lord, finally, as we pray for our own students and our own school, Lord, we pray that the dead would come to be alive, that lives would be transformed and that you would work in mighty ways. Lord, give... Uh, each member of that team, great perseverance and and great strength for the journey. We know that it can be difficult at times in a country that's so adamantly opposed to Christianity at times, but yet you have opened these doors and you are using them mightily. And we thank you for Nathan, for Rachel, for all of them. And we ask that you would continue to use them. In your great and mighty name we pray. Amen. Nathan, it's great to have you with us. We look forward to chatting more after church. Now, we're also a sending church, and one of the areas you've committed to sending is to provide pastoral care to those serving just north of the border, uh, specifically English teachers in China. So uh, my son and I are about to head out for the week. Isaiah, come on up with me. And I've asked the under shepherds to pray for uh, You don't have to talk. I don't know why I'm giving you this. <laughs> I'm, f- I'm a little distracted, but the under shepherds are going to come up and we would covet your prayers. Uh, I-, I can't tell you everything we're walking into, but there's some conversations that need to be had that need wisdom and need discernment. Uh, there's the chance for Isaiah to encourage and let other kids be kids. And that's highly important. And he does a great job at that. And we're praying for you too. You know that, bud? Yeah, we're, pr- <laughs> we're praying with him. He doesn't like being up front, but I'm going to ask King, would you pray for us? you're still on great thanks very much
3: let's pray father we're so thankful that you provide us with so many blessings some of which is the ability to spare our dear pastor and his son for a few days so they they can be a blessing to others lord we know that with your power it doesn't matter the age i say can be every bit a blessing to the people that he'll meet as well as pastor mike lord we pray that you guide the path so their travel is smooth. And also for the time they'll have there, they'll have enough time to rest so they can provide the care that is needed. Let Mike speak the truth into the lives of those people that he'll be meeting. Lord, thank you for the wonderful things that's going to happen. We know that you, your hand's in it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. Isaiah, you can go sit with Mommy now. And kids, you are dismissed. We'll send you out through the back. Great job. Uh, Now, as we turn the program over to Glow in the Dark, uh, again, let me introduce who they are. Glow in the Dark started as a ministry at Christian Alliance International School that goes in and makes disciples both locally through investing here in some ways and across the border, investing in uh, multiple churches just north of us. So we'll let you tell them more about that. So let's continue to sing and worship together.
4: want to thank you for this time that we had of worship. Um, I pray that as we just present to you what we've done in China and how you've used us in China, um, I pray that um, you just fill us and fill this place, Lord, and just be here with us as we um, show how we've tried to be um, salt and light in this world. In Jesus' name. everyone Um, so our group is called GID and it means glow in the dark we're here today to share something that we usually do in China um, specifically Kaiping and it's where we go to churches and we just share the love of Christ and the good news also not that long ago we have developed a new team called GID Hong Kong which includes the worship team and others that focus on serving the school and the community. But we have the same aim, and that is to serve God. So we hope that um, you'll enjoy a little sharing, and yeah, God bless. Um, now is the time for our drive, and in this drive, uh, um, the guy with the white shirt—he is Jesus, and she's a girl who cares a lot about her um, appearance, and uh, she is a girl who um, believes in all um, all sort of God because he because she doesn't know um, who actually is real to believe, and uh, this guy over there—he is—he um, uh, uh, always get like rejected so he really he really hates himself so he decided to hurt himself and this is a story about um god's salvation
5: Good morning I'm Matthew for those of you who do not know me uh, I thank the Lord for being able to join this uh, Easter GID trip uh, well I've been the i wanted to join the trip for some time and uh, well in fact the week before the trip I was still having a bad cold uh, flu even on the day before that uh, well I was still coughing at times however I gradually uh, recovered and uh, well, during and after the trip. Well, one of the things God showed me during the trip was that it was the Holy Spirit who leads people to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Now, my, my experience reminded me of one of the sharings within our big group uh, one morning, that you, God uses us at different uh, points of the spiritual journey of uh, non-believers. Now, we may be sowers or we may be reapers, but it was the Holy Spirit who did the work of conversion. On the morning of the third day, after our presentation at one of the churches, now one of the mingling groups, they asked me to join them and, you know, to help them a bit with uh, the language. About the exclusive nature of God and the way of salvation, I finally had the privilege together with two other members of uh, the group, uh, to pray the prayer of salvation uh, to receive Christ into their hearts based on an evangelistic book that uh, the pastor of the church uh, gave us. Now, I was, in fact, quite surprised because I did not expect that they would accept so readily. Uh, and, uh, but we, had, uh, we and the two youngsters, the two teenagers, we had very good fellowship together at lunch together. And I knew that, I come to know that they were in one of the classes where I led the games with another group member the previous day. Now, but the situation in the afternoon was very different. I joined a group in which a recent young believer uh, was with his non-believing teenage friend. However, the friend was still full of doubt even after the presentation and our conversation with him. Now we pray that the Holy Spirit will somehow use the, uh, the testimony booklet the pastor of the church gave him and the message he heard during the presentation uh, to stir him to think seriously. But what a contrast with uh, the responses of the two teenagers in the morning. Now it is not easy for many students uh, in China to believe in Christ as they are taught atheistic and evolutionary beliefs at school. But however, I'm sure that God will work in his own time. Uh, Overall speaking, this was a meaningful trip. Now as one who has gone on a number of mission trips of different styles, now this time I was excited to see so many teenagers used by God at such a young age. How nice it was also to see their dedicated teachers investing in the lives of these young students They built relationship through games and mingling with the students at the schools we visited and invited them to church. Now, they put in a lot of effort, as you can see, and the time in the presentation of uh, different uh, different churches. Uh, I pray that these young people will be greatly used by God uh, in his kingdom in the future. Now, it is my prayer that God will continue to use GID to arouse students' passion for lost souls, and bless the people they serve. May all the glory and praise be to Jesus our Lord. Thank you very much.
1: Amen. We're going to prepare for the offering. Uh, and as we do, I just want to remind you of what uh, Giving of your tithes and offerings means. One, it's a biblical concept. Uh, it's not something that we do lightly. Uh, but it is to be done joyfully because we get to be part of what God is doing by giving of what he has given to us. If, if we believe what God's word says that the earth and all that is in it is his, and he has provided for us all that we need, sometimes it may not feel that way. But it's, it's a privilege and a joy to give back. Uh, As we presented our budget this year at the annual general meeting, I said it's not my request that faithful givers give more. It's my prayer that those that call us their church home faithfully give. There is a difference. Uh, We've got many faithful givers, but we would love to be a church that joyfully gives out of wanting God to continue to make his name known all over the world, and we get to be a small part of that. And as you consider supporting these, uh, this youth group and pastor that could come down in just one weekend, you know they need funds, and we can help with that. Uh, so consider how you might get involved. But it's a joy to see God at work, and it's a joy to have the resources and the passion that you all have to make disciples of wherever God sends us and allows us to go. So let's pray for the offering. Let's continue to pray for GID. Uh, that God would use them in mighty ways. God, thank you. Thank you for your good and perfect gifts, just as we need them. I know there is great need among us, uh, many of which I'm not fully aware of. And so, as we give this morning, would you use our tithes and offerings to make your name known both locally and globally? that we wouldn't just give of our money and say that's it, but that we would be a church that is so compelled by your commissioning upon us that we would seek out our neighbor to love them as you have first loved us, that we would take the risk to go wherever you might lead us, whether it's on a GID trip, whether it's uh, uh, to the anywhere else you might lead. But, Lord, give us willing hearts to take that step as you compel us to. And Lord, would we be found faithful with the resources you've given us of our gifts and our abilities, of our finances, and of our hearts. We love you, Lord. In your name I pray.
6: Amen.
7: 你 She does to
8: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, our monthly auction is about to begin. Please take your seats and don't make too much noise as this is a civilized gathering. Thanks. Okay, settle down, settle down. Um, Our auction is about to begin. So without any further ado, our first item up for grabs is this t-shirt exported all the way from Italy, handmade and designed by the Fashion King. Okay, let's just take a moment to admire just the intricate detailing on this thing, just how expensive the thread is, the thread is and the quality makes this a one-in-a-lifetime one piece of artwork. So our bidding will start from $2,000, so please don't hesitate and three throw out your bids. Okay, I see a hand over there. Two thousand, okay. Anyone? Anyone? Two thousand. Over there. Three thousand, okay. Going once. Four thousand. Five thousand, okay. Going once, going twice. Six thousand, okay. Going once, going twice. Okay, sold to the man in the pink shirt. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, okay. So the next item up for grabs may be our most valuable item that's being sold today, so please just um, restrain yourselves, I know it's a big deal, but our next item is this calculus textbook. (laughs) Not only is this guaranteed to brighten up your day, it is guaranteed to brighten up your life, because calculus is pretty much all you need, really. And so if anyone or if you guys are like aspiring Albert Einsteins, I think this is exactly what you need. So our bidding will start from $1,500. So please throw out your bids. Don't hesitate, guys. Sure. Okay, here's the hand over there. 3,000. Okay. Over there. 4,000. 6,000. Eight thousand. Okay, that's a pretty, pretty big bid. Eight thousand. Going once. Ten thousand. Going once. Going twice. Okay, sold to that man in the back over there. Thank you. Okay, so for all you social butterflies out there, or anyone really, this next item is for you. Um, It is this iPhone 5s, which was designed and made by the leading technology giants. Yes, Apple. And Okay, here's the catch. Here's the catch. Shh, shh, shh. Here's the catch. So, not only is it shiny, but just pleasing to look at, it comes with, okay, guys, calling and texting services. And, okay, here's the real deal breaker um, this item comes with a reflective surface in case you left your pocket mirror at home. So, because this is a one in, one in a lifetime, uh, Item here. Our bidding will start from three thousand dollars. Anyone? Anyone? Three thousand. Okay. Four thousand. Five thousand. Six thousand. Ten thousand. Oh, wow, you're rich. <laughs> Ten thousand. Going once. Going twice. Okay, sold to the man over there. Thank you. <clears throat> okay. So for our next item. We Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is this, is this a joke? Are you sure? Oh, okay. Um, so our next item is this. Uh, I think it's a second-hand or third-hand or fourth-hand violin. Um, um, so it's kind of out of tune, but maybe with a little bit. Or maybe a lot of work. This may be played in the future, but it's okay because um if you can't play, you can it'd be really nice on your like top shelf as decoration, right? Okay, so uh uh two thousand dollars? Okay, one thousand dollars. Come on, this is the last item, we have to sell it. Okay, nine hundred. No, 500, come on, we have to sell it eventually. Okay, okay, here it is, $300 for this. um, 200, okay, 100. Okay, we really just need to get rid of it, so can anyone, would anyone want this for like $10? It's fine, like, are you sure, okay.
4: Well, that's okay.
8: 50,000! Oh, 100,000! No counter. What is that? That looks really bad. It's disgusting. It's worthless. It's overused. Well, something's value does not define itself unless it's in the hands of its master. Okay, hi, so my name is Rachel, and this is my second year in GID. And when I joined GID two years ago, um, I wanted to be involved with something that um, I knew was going to be stretching for me. I never had times in my life where I felt like I was disrespected or um, I was never really truly questioned about what I believed in. And so I wanted to get involved in something that I knew would um, test my spiritual maturity and some place where I can just grow my faith. Um, So I joined JID in hopes of that, but because we all know God is a surprising God, God stretched me in ways I didn't expect. Um, So for example, public speaking is probably my biggest fear. Studies have actually shown that public speaking is more feared than death itself, and I can definitely relate to that, so please bear with me. But okay, I might be slightly exaggerating, but it's still quite accurate. Um, so, as I mentioned, I've been here to share my testimony, and <laughs> before I start, um, I shared this twice during my camp, and I, <laughs> I, was, I got really, like, nervous, and for some reason, I cried both times, and I hope this doesn't happen today, so I guess third luck, the third time might be a charm. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> one, of the way, one of the things I see God as is a father. Being put into an orphanage at two days old and spending five years not knowing what family was, that really created, like, an emptiness in my brain to register what true family was and, more importantly, true fatherly love was. And for the longest time, I didn't know fathers were an actual thing or that they even existed. I thought orphanages were where everyone was born and raised (laughs) and what happened Um, after that was beyond my brain (laughs) capacity. (laughs) Okay, I think Mr. You knowing I I was going to cry made it worse. (laughs) But yeah, Um, I can't see through this. Okay, so for a very long time I didn't know what fatherly love was. And when I was finally corrected after being adopted by the Scott family, which they're over there. (laughs) I found myself quite overwhelmed and asking many questions as to why someone like me would be um, taking into a family that knew literally nothing about me. Um, so as I grew up and as my brain started to finally function, which took quite a long time, um, I, start, I started getting more bothered as to the f- when people would ask me if I was adopted. Like I would be perfectly fine if people thought I was mixed because my dad is white and my mom is Chinese. So when people were like, oh, your dad's American, so you must be like half white. And I'd be like, sure. Just to avoid having to explain my whole adoption thing. And after a while, I knew that something was wrong. I would ask myself, is it how I look? Or was I an accident? And it made me really, really insecure. And for the longest time, because of that deeply rooted insecurity in me, I started to base my worth on the fact that I was given up, And along with that, with how I look, how well I perform in school and sports and stuff like that, I would try to avoid mentioning adoptions, and in, in, I would avoid mentioning adoption in conversations, and this dragged on for quite a long time. And so one day, my dad and I were talking, and he has this thing where he always likes to reassure that he loves me. And um, so for whatever reason, I asked him, like, hey, do you actually love me? And to my surprise, he gave the most genuine and comforting yes. And he told me that he took me in knowing that I was going to be naughty, knowing I was going to disobey, knowing I was going to be loud, knowing I was going to be flawed. That there was no reason why someone like me should be adopted. But I just was because he wanted me in his family. <sighs> Composure. <laughs> and, that, and that night... It wasn't as bad during camp, I'm sure, I promise. And that night, God told me that that was exactly how he felt about me and everyone that he has created. That... He adopted me into his family, his, the spiritual family, without having to live up to any standard because that standard was already taken down by the cross when he died for us. And most importantly, he told me that he loved me. But it wasn't just any ordinary, like, oh, I love you. It was an I love you that made me love myself as well. And um, as, mentioned, as as mentioned in the touch of the master's hand, I did not give myself that sense of worth. Um, Because if it wasn't for God, I probably probably would have spent my whole life trying to find worth in something worldly. And I would have never have found it, because our true worth comes from God. And instead, our worth comes from our creator. Because through his eyes, he sees us as his masterpiece. His I love you took down all the false worldly depictions of where I thought my worth originated. And that night, it was if all my insecurities were taken away and the weight that I've been carrying for so, so long was just taken off. And from then on, I didn't find my identity in being that kid who was given up or being that kid that was loud, that would, like, try to cut my sister's hair when she wasn't looking. Um, But instead, my identity rested in who God created me to be and more importantly, the daughter that I am to him. And so one of the verses that I found that I try to remind myself um, every once in a while where when I would think negatively would be Psalm 91.4. This is just half of it because I like short things so I can remember it. But it says, under his wings you find refuge. Yeah, thank you.
4: Hi guys, my name is Jessie, and yeah, I'm going to share my testimony today. So, I was born into a family where my sisters are basically amazing at everything. My oldest sister's is, sister is one of the best leaders I've ever known, and she's very confident and graduated first in her grade, so she was valedictorian. And at the end of the year at the awards ceremony, she won basically like seven out of 12 awards, and that's like all through high school, like. And my second sister was one of the top students in one of the smartest school, sc- smartest grades in the school's history. And she's really musically talented and super funny, and she's unbelievably smart. So entering high school for me was really scary because I had to face the same teachers that taught them. And they made sure not to forget that I was their sister. So <laughs> everywhere I turned, they were like, uh, are you one of the Gui daughters? Or aren't you Jasmine's sister, or aren't you Joanne's sister? And and then I was reminded of how good they were. And then in my head, I would always say, oh, not again. And then then my grades were never as good as theirs. And and I tried really hard. But in grade nine, when I finally became first in my grade, I was still unhappy. Although I turned back to God in grade eight, um, I can say that my problems just didn't disappear. I didn't think it was a really big deal at the time, and so I didn't really ask God for it, God for help, because I didn't think he would do anything with it. So a year later, I developed body image issues. Um, <clears throat> growing older and realizing how girls are portrayed in this world just created this comparison. Uh, what was worse was my sisters, who were already so good at everything, were the exact fit for this body type that the world expects, expects us to be. And... On the other hand, I love sports, and so I don't have that slender image that the world told us we should have. And so my self-esteem just grew worse. And no matter what people said, I could only think of how to make myself more like my sisters. And then there was this one Sunday I was half listening in church, because it was about this sermon about how we belong to God and not this earth. And I've heard this verse a million times, but this time it spoke to me. It said, It was from Romans 12, too. It said, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I knew God was talking to me and telling me to let go of these earthly things that just don't matter to him. I had bigger and better things to worry about than my grades, my schoolwork, or what I saw in the mirror. Many times in life, we're just so distracted by all the worldly things that we forget we actually have a purpose here in this world. We think of calorie intake, or how we dress, or how our grades will affect our future, um, which top university will get us to where we wanna be, or, sorry, or, um, yeah, just how we can make more money. But if that's our only purpose, then I think our lives would be basically worthless. I realized that there's more to me than what I could do for myself. Because in Philippians 2.13, it says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. I tried to contribute to God's greater purpose through my last four years in GID. I have to confess that the only reason I wanted to join GID in grade nine was because my sisters were in it. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, because we every Tuesday morning we have to wake up at 5.30, and that's not really appealing. And... The, meeting, the more meetings and trips I went to, the more I realized what work we were doing for God. My trips to China were the most humbling and most educational times of my GID life. Um, when I first went to Kaiping, I would always have the mindset of, oh, where are the ones going to be giving? Because they're the ones that um, are poor or haven't heard before. And we would give them new information or we would show them the truth. But I've come to realize that every time I go to GID, and, I mean going to China with GID, I learn about and am introduced to so many different parts of the Christian faith, and I learned about passion for Christ and their perseverance in times of hardship, um, living faithfully under this hardship. And recently, on our last trip, I learned a lot about fellowship, especially with people who I've never met before, and we're only connected by what we believe in by Christ. No matter where I go after graduation. I hope I can live these lessons out and fulfill Matthew 5:16, which says, "Let your light shine before men, so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven." Thank you.
7: reading from Joel chapter 2 verse 28 and 29. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit.
3: Thank you, Ray. Joel, Joel was having a tough time. He's facing a nation that was going through many challenges. The locusts were going through Israel like a hotel buffet. They were finishing all their crops like there's no tomorrow. And Joel was telling the nation, repent, turn back to God, and God will restore your land. And your young men, young, your young women, your old people, your servants, what Joel was reminding the people is God doesn't discriminate based on your gender, your age, your social status, or whatnot. And that's the lesson I think we are learning as well. 17 years ago, a few students and I, we decided to get together for a Bible study. And then, as we study, we were quickly going to talking about how to share about this God that we are, we have been studying, and that learned to thinking about maybe we should go on a mission trip. They heard from that crazy teacher that even young men and young women can prophesy; they can share the word of life for others, to others. So, we joined a church in Tin, a local church, and they let us join them, even though none of us, including the teacher, have any experience, and we went to this place called Kaiping. Thus, GID was born. Sorry. Over the years, God has taught us so much about him, his characters, his love, his will, he is everything. I wish I'm not so slow, because there's a lot more that he can teach me. But we are learning. He gave us a vision to see that young, the young people that he has placed under our care in our school, we can not only teach them about God's words, which we do. Under our leadership, the school, share with the students about the words of life. But we want to do more than that. We don't want them just to learn about God or even be encouraged to go out and share Him with others. We want, well, we tell them to do it. Shouldn't we be going with them? So we also go with the students to walk with them, to help them and to encourage them to tell others about this this God that we love. Let me tell you a little bit more about this team. The GID team goes to Kaiping many times a year. Kaiping is about four hours from here and when we first started 17 years ago we went on one trip for a few years. Um, one, One trip a year for a few years then two trips, then three trips then a few years ago we went on six trips in a school year. Now, school year is about nine to ten months long. You can see we, are, we go almost every month. It's both large team and small team trips. Large team, when the whole team goes, we will share, uh, we will share in the churches, we'll visit schools and play English games. On small team trips, there's only three to four to six young people with a couple of teachers. We go disciple. We work with the young people in China to teach them how to grow in Christ and to encourage them in turn to help others to grow in Christ. When I tell people that we are going to China again, oftentimes they will ask, are you going to Kaiping again? It's almost as if, King, don't you have anything anywhere else to go? Are you just being too lazy to look for new places? Uh, Are we stuck in a rut? Possibly. I hope not. Um, One of the goals of GID is not just to give the kids, the students, a good experience. It's not about the songs and dance, even though, well, selfishly, I think they did a pretty good job. Um, It's also not about the English games that we play in the schools. It's not even about sharing the gospel, at least not totally. Now, the Great Commission that we all know, and I think most of us can quote that, not doesn't tell us to go to share the gospel. It implores us to go and make disciples of all nations. One of the last things that we want is for the students to go, had a great time, felt that God taught them a lot, maybe God even used them, And they were just, great, praise God. And then, a couple of weeks after we get back, it's business as usual. That is, in some ways, almost worse than useless. That's maybe being a little bit harsh, but we don't want our students to feel that way, as well as we don't want the people that we meet to feel that they are our targets, that we just go and dump the gospel on them and then leave. Mission trips are not just for us to take off a list of what we think we must do for God so that we can get on with our lives. Let me read for you what one of my students wrote on reflection uh, after the trip that we just came back from a few weeks ago. This student wrote, I realized that we were actually building solid relationships with the people we serve. Every time we went there, many of the people recognized us. They could even call our names. It was harder for us to remember all of them as there were so many and we always spent time in large groups. However, on this trip, I found that I could actually remember a number of them, their names, family backgrounds, worries, etc., Normally, when I get back to Hong Kong, I will forget everything about them and move on with my life. But on this trip, it was like meeting old friends. I think this student is slowly getting one of the key things that we're trying to teach them. That we are making the gospel not only heard, but seen. And through these friendships, we try to earn the right to be heard. One of the other lessons that we wish to pass on to our students is that our lives must be missional. Our trips into China should simply be an extension of who we are in Christ. Our desire to share the gospel, the time we put in, preparing for the trips, the many Tuesday mornings, waking up at 5.30 in the morning, all those is part of who we are and who we wish to be in Christ. The trips, They are simply an extension, an exercise of what we are, what we have learned. It shouldn't be something extra. It's just what we do. So what does that have to do with going back to the same place over and over again? Sharing the gospel and helping others to grow and helping others to know Christ is but the first step. Helping them grow is a very crucial next step. In order to help others grow, we need to be investing in their lives. It's not a one-off thing. John chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. See, God didn't just tell us He loved us. He showed us. He's personal, he came to earth personally. Instead of just sitting up there and pointing His fingers at us, he walked with us, he lived with us, and he died for us. By going to Kaiping and then Zhongshan repeatedly, I want to teach my students that evangelism and missions is not a spectator sport, nor is it a part-time activity. Memorizing the Gospel Bridge and all the Roman rolls is good; they should have it memorized, right? Yeah, but it's not good enough. What, what is required, we feel, is to get into the lives of the people, wherever they may be. A life that is missional means getting dirty. It means being prepared and go. Making disciples in your homes, in your schools, in your workplace, across the street, or maybe even Jordan. It means walking with the people, God has placed in your life and going through the ups and downs of life with them. Joel reminds us in the passage when we read how God pours out his Holy Spirit as we turn to him. Young men and women will prophesy; They will learn to speak the word of life into others. Indeed, they have. I submit to you, this group of young people, inexperienced as they may be, goofy as they are, young as they are, have shared the good news of Jesus to hundreds of lives just this year. And with the previous 17 years, well, previous 16 plus one, God has blessed us with able to speak into the lives of thousands, maybe even tens of thousands, and not exaggerating, God has blessed us so much and many of the people that we spoke with that God has used us with that came to know him. And some of them are telling others about this great God we serve. And some of them you'll have a chance to see next week. A few of them will be visiting us. I don't quite remember how many times I've I had the privilege of leading this team into China. Uh, I suppose I could count, but uh, it'll probably require calculus. Um, uh, but please believe me, when I use the word privilege, it, 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 yes, it was. It's such a privilege to walk alongside this group of young people, serving with them and my colleagues for these past 17 years, and also serving at AIC. When, when the students say it's more blessed to give than to receive, we hear that all the time, but I'm telling you, it's real. It's definitely more blessed. And... I know many of you can attest to the same thing. God has blessed you so much as you follow his lead into blessing others. In conclusion, I'd like to wrap up this GID Sunday with a reminder for myself, to the students, maybe to some of you. Our lives must be missional. Everything we do is to glorify God in what we say and how we live do you see a group of perfect young people there? (laughs) No way. (laughs) Of course not. We have our doubts. We have our shortcomings. Some of them don't even remember the key verses we use for GID. Or, if you can believe it, some of them don't even like math. I know, I know, it's difficult. No. (laughs) It's not necessary to know it all. I certainly don't. No, it's not necessary to go to Kaiping, to dance or sing songs, and you wouldn't want me to. No, it may not even be necessary to go across the street. But are we willing and ready to do what is necessary? Go. Speak the gospel with words. Go. Live the gospel with your lives. Go. Go have a life that's real so that when people look at you they see the gospel go and make disciples of all nations in your jerusalem in your judea in your samaria to wherever god may lead you to answer the, the earth the gospel must be heard and seen go
0: Amen.
1: Thank you, King. Uh, Thank you, Team G.I.D. God is a big God. We started a series last week. Does anybody remember what that series is called? Okay, thank you. One person. No, I know many of you. You know, often we think about the call of God to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, uh, making his name known to the ends of the earth that he may come back and we think that's somebody else's job, or I could not, or I am blank enough, I'm not enough. But in all these things, we see God continue to use young people, uh, elder people, everyone in between for his glory and for his name's sake. So as we close today, we're going to just trust the Lord would open our eyes to how we may be involved in the mission before us knowing that he who called us is faithful. He will equip us with all we need to complete the work that he's called us to. One of the works that we as a church family are called to is to pray. One of the works that we have the unique responsibility to as an international church is to say goodbye as often as we say hello. Uh, and we're going to do those two things this morning. So we're going to call two ladies uh, to the front, as well as the uh, uh, elders and under shepherds and their wives. Uh, I would invite you to come forward as well. So Junzel. Come on up, and uh, Dory, uh, I'm not sure where Dory is, we're going to pray. And as they're coming, I'll explain why each lady is coming up and why we're praying for them this morning. Um, uh, first, Dwinzel, uh, there she is, right in front of my face. Come here, Dwinzel. You got no, you got to come stand right in front, because we're going to pray for you first. Dwinzel has faithfully been leading our dance ministry and been actively involved in AFF, uh, really since she got part of our church uh, in his grown significantly in the Lord, but as an international church, we say goodbye. I don't like that, but we're also very excited as she heads home for what God might have in store for her as we send her out. Remember, we're not saying goodbye. We're sending her out, and we're excited with you. So we're going to ask uh, Matt, would you pray for Genzel this morning as she heads back home?
2: Father, let's pray. Father, Thank you, Lord, for
1: gracing us, Lord, with Giselle's life, Lord, uh, for allowing her to be with us I uh, AIC, Lord, for all these years, Lord, and for leading, Lord, the dance group, Lord, to be able to proclaim your word and further your kingdom, Lord,
2: So use the gifts you've given her, Lord, uh, in ways that are beneficial. Father, we now, not only say, we're not just saying goodbye, but we're giving her a blessing, Lord, to
1: go back to the Philippines. and be able to continue her ministry, Lord, before you, Lord. I, give, I pray that you give her power and strength, uh, Lord. You've not given us a spirit of timidity, of power, Lord. And we know that we can rely upon you to help us to give us strength, uh, to give us the right uh, ability, Lord, to do the things that you've asked us to do. Lord, we'd just like to commit her into your hands. We pray this in your son's name. Continue to pray for Drenzel. We will miss your joyful smile every Sunday, but we trust God as He continues to use you. Uh, many of you have known little bits and pieces uh, that Dori Manalili has faced some medical challenges uh, as of late, uh, and with special permission from her and pastoral encouraging from me, uh, she's allowing us to pray over her. We've anointed her already. She faces a surgery tomorrow that will be somewhat significant, Uh, but God is a big God. He has already done miraculous work in and through her, and you will tell that story someday uh, when the time is right, but uh, we've asked that Dory allow us to pray for her this morning, that the hand of the surgeon uh, would be upon, or they would be the Lord's hands. And further, that the recovery process would be smooth and that it would, the results would be even better than we dared hope for. So I've asked Mark if, if you would pray. But everyone, gather around, uh, lay hands on our ladies, get closer first. Uh, and Mark, would you pray?
9: Okay, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you that you are a God uh, who is alive and who listens. And Father, we come uh, to you uh, this morning and just uh, pray for Dory. Father, we just pray uh, that uh, this surgery tomorrow would go well. As Mike has already mentioned, that uh, Your hands would be with the surgeons, Father. That uh, that the uh, the operation would go smoothly, and that the outcome would be um, uh, would be a fantastic outcome. That it would be uh, everything would be all clear, and that um, um, the operation would just be an amazing success. Father, we just pray for um, for Dory. She goes in for any anxiety she may have. Father, that You would calm her. For her parents as well lord just pray um for them that you would uh, be with them at this time as well father so we just pray for our sister for our friend dory um that uh, that this surgery would go well and the recovery would go well too and this we pray in jesus name Amen. amen
1: would you rise with me for the benediction It was spoken earlier, and I would already picked which benediction I thought we should have this morning. And then one of you wonderful young ladies preached it for me. So I'm just going to reiterate what has already been said. The spirit that you receive does not make you slaves again so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Go out knowing that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, and we carry his name with us wherever we go. Go in peace. You are dismissed.